I'm Christina. And this is Erin. And you're listening to Something to Wag About. Often we'll see these posts around like your dog must have these skills or you go to puppy class and you want to teach your dog these skills. So let's talk about which skills we think are critical or just nice to have in a dog. So what do you think is a necessary skill for any dog in today's world? I think one of the most important ones that all dogs need is to be able to be handled by people so that they can have their basic needs met in terms of medical care, grooming, all that type of stuff. The dog's not going to be able to have a healthy life if they can't be handled by people. So a dog learning to be comfortable with restraint, handling feet, ears, teeth, all that stuff, that's a necessary skill. And we need that skill in order to go to the vets, to get groomed, if we get an injury, to get looked at. If there's a tick, we need to be able to restrain our dog or handle our dog to take care of those things. And the dog's life will be less secure if he doesn't have that skill. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you want there to be some level of, you know, they don't need to love it, but some level of trust and confidence there that they can at least tolerate it so that it's not all of this stress that's put on them every time they have to be handled by a, by a person. Excellent. Yeah. So number one, body handling. What do you think? What do you think? Number two is being able to settle. And yeah. for us sport dog people, we're going to use crates and X-pens and Kongs and all that stuff. But even a pet dog, it's important that they be able to just chill out, hang out. And part of that settling is being separated from their person, even if they're not leaving. So if their person can go to the bathroom or go up shower, or go to the kitchen and have a dog that can just relax. That's an important skill. It is. Yeah, it's actually something... And I'm sure you're the same when you're teaching your pet classes or, or your clients. It's, it's something that I think a lot of people don't understand what it looks like. Whenever I have my boarding trains over here, it's, it's interesting because people say that their dogs don't have any problem settling. And then I bring out my X-Pens and I, I put them in their X-Pens with a whole bunch of lovely things, fun toys and, and shoe sticks. And they just cannot switch off because they're just not used to it. It is, it is a new place and all that, but they're just not used to being separated from people, um, even just through a barrier. So yeah, the average pet person will see their dog fall asleep when it's tired. And they think that that means it can settle. And what we're saying is that we need to be able to say, we say, now we need you to settle versus a dog saying, Hey, I'm tired. I choose to settle. It's kind of a cute settling. We need to be able to do that piece. Yeah. Two down. What's the third one? Some sort of behavior that will allow you to move your dog from point A to point B without having to muscle them or anything like that. A hand touch, a chin rest, anything like that that's going to help you get past a distraction if needed, some uh, unsafe scenario to get your dog by it, or even just you know, moving them onto a scale at a vet office, just some way to move your dog around in the world. Mm-hmm. 
Like when your dog's lying down in front of the dishwasher and you need to open it to put some dishes in. Yeah. You know, it's nice not to just bonk them with the, with the dishwasher. (laughs) You can actually, you can actually kindly ask them to move. (laughs) I think that piece of communication, teaching that piece of the communication between an owner and their dog is so important. And if that was in place more with the average pet people, I would get a lot less calls about a dog that's snarly or bitey or resistant or or just issues there because I get a lot of my dog when I try to get him off the couch he growls at me or when my kids come and try to climb in up onto the couch with me or into bed with me then the dog growls and I think that transport having a way to transport them that's respectful of the dog's body of, of who they are Um, not just pushing them around or taking them by the collar all the time that cuts down on so much conflict in relationships and just makes the bond stronger when we can communicate properly that way well said (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) okay so we have our three that we think are the necessary skills that all dogs should have for the average pet dog those three skills, they can get by on life pretty well. Um, you don't necessarily need to have loose leash walking. You don't need to have a dog that comes when called. That's why we've got long lines. You don't need a lot of the other stuff, but those things I believe are important for any dog. Did you hear that? I did. <laughs> oh, Max. Uh, hold on. Let me give Max a bench. Aww. That was her trying to climb on top of Jubilee's bed. So now let's talk about the, the nice two halves, the, the things that are just going to make our life living with our dogs, whether or not it's at a pet home or we have some specific ones for sports homes as well. Mm-hmm. Things that are just going to make training, communication, living with them just a little bit easier. My very, very favorite thing to train that makes my life so much easier having multiple dogs or taking my dogs out in public for shows or demos or anything. Um, even Max's therapy dog work is stationing. I want to be able to put my dog in a place and have them stay there. And that can be a down stay. It can be a sit stay. It can be getting on a bed or a table or a doormat or a bath mat. It doesn't matter really what that looks like, but I want to be able to take my dog somewhere, put them on a place and have them stay there comfortably and happily and quietly, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to have the quiet part. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's the, it's, it's something I, (laughs) any dog that comes into my house, whether or not it's mine or not, I always will just kind of start slipping in some station training because I do think it is one of the most helpful skills just in terms of training and yeah out in public even just being able to get your dog out of the way putting them up I use it on trails all the time getting your dog up on a spot and you know knowing they'll stay there and not get into trouble or bother anybody it's just such a such a nice Mm -hmm. skill and for multi-dog homes when I go into a home because there's conflict between two dogs or a dog and a cat or a dog and a bird whatever animal if they have stationing in place poof that problem is 90% fixed. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a great skill. Yeah. What do you think's next? I think next is having, it's really hard to train your dog if you don't have your dog's attention. So building value for your dog engaging with you 
is such a useful skill to have. And when I talk about this, I talk about offer engagement, like my dog looks to me. And, um, you know, it's not me calling their name uh, or me nagging them to want to come and train with me. It's just they look at you and ask, you know, what's happening? Are we going to do something or we're going to keep going? Um, I think that want to come and be with you is a very helpful. It makes it makes training more enjoyable. You know, your dog wants to wants to be engaging with you. Yes, absolutely. I love that. It's really hard to do things with your dog if they're not interested in looking at you or looking in your direction. I don't yeah. think they need eye contact. I've taken yeah. eye contact out of all of my classes because I think it builds a lot of conflict for some dogs. And I have one here that's really uncomfortable with it. I actually have two here that are really uncomfortable with eye contact. So, but attention where they're looking they're engaging, choosing to engage with you. That can look really different for a lot of dogs. I, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. I always, in my classes, I very, very specifically say, this is not an eye contact exercise. It is just uh, in your ish direction. I always say yeah. itch a lot, as long as they're kind of looking towards you. I don't care if it's at my, as you say, it can look different. I don't care if it's at my hips, at my shoulders, just in my general direction. I know that I, it's more about the attention. It doesn't matter where they're looking at as long as their attention's on you. Yeah. It's some sort of engagement. Exactly. It's really important with my blind dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we, we can't do the eye contact, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really important. The next one I think is really important is them having some sort of marker system. And that means having a way to communicate with your dog when they've done the thing that you want. So a lot of us use a clicker or a yes or a good or a find it or a get it. We have these words that or sounds that tell our dog that moment, that's when you did their thing that we liked and you're going to earn reinforcement for it. And having that in place will speed up the learning process for our dogs and take out a lot of the confusion and frustration that can be built up when, when we're training dogs to do complex things or even simple things. What <laughs> markers do you use with your dogs? You know, it's funny. Cause there's, there's always the discussion of how many, how many markers you should have. And I think it's really dog dependent. Um, Pippin honestly gets by with yes, for the most part, you know, he was my first dog and I, I, I trained him with just one marker and it, and it was yes. And you can usually figure out what reinforcement and how he gets to take that reinforcement with a yes. Um, he doesn't tend to get frustrated with that for V, uh, my, my border collie, she, she needs clearer criteria or else she gets frustrated pretty quickly. So with her, I have a more elaborate marker system I have I have my good and a yes um you know meaning whether or not she's staying still or coming to me to get the reinforcement I have food versus toy so I use get it I use catch if I'm actually throwing the toy um find it for throwing food scatter for you know that's my my calming just eat a bunch of food on the ground she has she has quite a few mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> And it's really, it's really helpful. Pippin, I, like I could go through it, but honestly, I don't think it would help them a lot. And I, I don't think all dogs need a system like that. Yeah, definitely it's, not. It's where you just, you know, experiment with your dog a little bit. And, and as long as it's clear for you and your dog and you're consistent, I think that's the more important thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
what uh, what's another one? So not as much for pet dogs, I, I don't think, but definitely if you are going to want to be doing sports with your dogs, having a really solid recall is going to make training easier, especially if you're wanting to compete or anything like that. You just want to really make sure that you can, can call your dog off of anything that might be distracting that, or might, might just come across their path or anything like that. You, you want to make sure you have a strong recall on your dog, especially in dog sports where we are often competing off leash and a lot of dogs in dog sports are in dog sports because they are really fast or very enthusiastic or very intense animals. And when we have that personality, that all often comes along with, and I don't like strange dogs in my face. Yeah. Um, So having a recall when you're doing dog sports can be a safety issue uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And why don't you think pet dogs necessarily need a recall? Well, you know, as as it was mentioned earlier, a lot of pet dogs can, you know, it's nice to have a recall so that they might have more freedom in the, in the world, being able to, to hike off leash in unfenced areas, but they can, they can get by on a nice long line or in fenced areas or, or anything like that. So it's not, it's not as necessary to have Mm -hmm. it. And I'm I'm going to probably alienate a lot of people right now, but I love flexi leads. (laughs) I think they're great. I use one all the time um, and I recommend them to clients all the time. Uh, just don't be an idiot, you know, yeah, exactly. there's a flexi lead that's 10 years old walking along the highway, or if your dog might eat somebody or eat somebody else's dog, um, don't put them on a flexi lead, you know, just be safe. Yeah. I don't actually have a problem with flexi leads either. So we can both. Oh, good. We can be alienated um, together. You know, it as just like, like everything it's, it's dog dependent. And as long as, you know, both ends of the flexi leash know how to use it. And- <laughs> And yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to get snappy or anything like that. Go, go chase down uh, <laughs> uh, anyone then. Yeah, no, I think they're, I actually think they're great. So <laughs> the last behavior I'd like to talk about that comes in super handy, and this is primarily only for sport dogs, uh, but it's important too for pet dogs. Um, if they have a lot of anxieties or if they're shyer or, or dogs that might stress quite easily is the ability to opt out. And that's one that I think a lot of sport people don't have that would make life easier for everybody if they did have that skill. I think sport people can sometimes, and by sometimes, I mean a lot of the time, lose sight of perhaps why we do sports. You know, I hope most people do sports because it's a way to enrich our dog's life, enrich our life, build our partnership with our dogs. You know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be fun. So we want to make sure it's fun for our dogs as well. And that they don't have to do it. Um, and if they, especially just say the anxious dogs, um, any, any dog that is going to stress in some situations or, you know, have low resiliency in training, we want to make sure that they know they don't have to do it if they mm-hmm. don't want to, if they're stressed. And usually that actually ends up giving them more confidence in the long run and resiliency and training. I find if they know that they can opt out if they want to. Yeah. Uh, uh, 100%. Yeah. The, 
common one that we see in sport dogs is, and, and this is actually a mistake I made with Max early on when she still could see and I was doing agility, but she was very environmentally sensitive. We're just working through her dog reactivity. And I was at a agility fun trial and I brought her to the start line and she sat and then I released, I, I let out, I released her and she took one jump, ran back in her crate. So like, okay, well, brought her back out, gave her some cookies, jollied her up, put her back on the start line, sat her, let out, released her back in her crate. So this is common practice at the time. Luck luckily, I don't see it anymore. I haven't seen this in a long time, but we closed her crate so she couldn't opt out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that was a big one we used to see. And uh, I'm so glad that I haven't seen that in a very long time because it's really sad. I I do. I actually do still see it. And I, I try and I, I do mention this when I see that, that, you know, oh. well, hopefully yeah. they'll listen to our podcast Yeah. Hopefully. because what happened next, when I took Max's ability to opt out in a safe way out of the picture, the next time I put her on the start line and released her, she left. Yeah. Like she left the agility area. She was gone and that's not safe, but she had tried to communicate to me that this wasn't something she felt comfortable doing. She told me twice before I said, you know, I'm not listening. And then she left. Yeah. And that I still look back at that. It was a really big learning moment for me. Um, and uh, she forgave me. Dogs are so good about that. <laughs> <laughs> but giving them an option. I also have an opt out for Jubilee with when she wants to visit people because she's got she loves people, but she's got a lot of anxiety wrapped into that for some reason as well. And so if someone says, oh, can I say hi to your dog? I'll say, Jubilee, do you want to say hi? She can either go to the person or she can go into peekaboo position. So between my knees, and if she goes into peekaboo position, I say, no, thank you. She doesn't want to say hi right now. I love that. I, I love when, I don't love that she's anxious, but I love yeah. that she knows how to communicate that to exactly. me. And yeah. it just makes me feel good and that she can feel that she can trust me. And people, when they see it, it's clear. And they go, oh, that was really nice. Is that something you taught her? And I say, yeah, that's, that's something we worked on when she was a puppy. And I really like it's. Uh, I like that you did that because it's so many people and, I, and I'm one, I wish. And, you know, good thing I'm a dog trainer. I should probably work on it. <laughs> um, having something that's an opt out that's mobile is really a really great idea um, yeah. because, you know, Billy is sensitive. So she has her clear opt outs when she goes to a station or to her, her crate or her bed. Um, but I don't have a mobile one and I, I really like that. So what I see a lot of times is that we're taught to have our dogs sit, to be touched by strangers. Mm -hmm. And if you have like the super confident, exuberant dog who absolutely loves everybody, that is absolutely a fine skill. You know, if I had an overconfident golden retriever, that's probably something I'm going to teach him. But if overexcitement sometimes actually is anxiety, and if I know it's anxiety or suspect it might be anxiety, that's never a skill I'm going to teach my mm -hmm. dogs. I will always, if someone wants to pet them, allow my dog the option of going to them into their space rather than trying to plant them and tell them they may not move while a stranger comes in with their hands to touch them. Yeah, 100%. Well, do you have anything else you want to say? We got to wrap it up somehow. We can't just stop talking again. <laughs> recap? Sure. Why don't you recap? Oh, I don't want to recap. Um, but I can recap. To summarize, 
the necessary behaviors for a pet dog or any dog to have are some sort of settling behavior, a transport behavior to move them from A to B, and being comfortable with being restrained a bit, body handling for vet visits, grooming, and that type of thing. And then the nice to have, so the skills that are going to make your life easier, the most important ones, um, in our opinion, would be stationing, a marker system, paying attention to the handler, and then a recall and an opt out are going to make things easier, especially if you have a sport dog. Does that sound about right, Erin? That sounds perfect. 